The topics and opinions expressed on the following show are solely those of the hosts and their guests and not those of W4WN Radio, its employees, or affiliates. We make no recommendations or endorsements for radio show programs, services, or products mentioned on air or on our web. No liability, explicit or implied, shall be extended to W4WN Radio, its employees, or affiliates. Any questions or comments should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for choosing W4WN Radio. Welcome to Success Secrets Exposed with Sally A. Curtis, where we share stories of challenge, success, and inspiration, along with practical tips and strategies to move you forward to your success. And now, here's your host, Sally A. Curtis. Good evening, good morning, everyone. It's our monthly episode of Marketing, uh, sorry, Marketing Magic, not Success Secrets, I suppose. So it's Marketing Magic today with Celeste and I, and we're going to be talking about how to start your business idea. So I'd love to kick it off. Um, just for those that are, are new to the show, I'm a marketing strategist for, specifically for coaches, consultants and speakers, specialising in content repurposing as well as LinkedIn strategy all designed to help amplify your voice, your message, and your impact. And Celeste? Hello, I'm Celeste, and I'm also a marketing strategist. Uh, I'm the owner of Lustosa Marketing, and we specialize in supporting businesses that service providers with end-to-end marketing strategy and implementation. Beautiful. So we have both started our, biz, uh, our businesses um, at different times. I've been in business for uh, 12 years with a variety of different um, evolutions and uh, Celeste is a little bit newer to the game. So I thought we'd start off by asking, I'm going to ask Celeste this question first, is how did you go about starting your business idea? So I think uh, one thing that I've noticed, so I've started my business just 18 months ago uh, but I've been working in marketing for over 20 years. So um, I think there are there were a few different aspects in my case. One is that even though my business is new, I had enough knowledge and skills and confidence in what my business was going to provide to a client. And I think that's really important. Like I, I wasn't really a newbie. Um, so all that experience that you have in something, in the, the skill of doing what you're doing or the service you're providing, you bring that to your business. So don't get caught up in, oh, I've only been in business two months or three months. Or if that's something you've been doing for a while and you're bringing that skill set and that knowledge to your business, your business, it's um, off to a good start. Um, the other thing for me was really understanding the market, the market I was about to serve. Mm -hmm. And I think uh, we're going to explore that a little bit longer uh, in this episode, but it's about a great idea is it's great, but if it's not serving someone else other than you, so you had the idea and you're a big fan of it, that's not enough for a business. So mm -hmm. I think uh, people spend a lot of time on the idea, but they don't spend enough time in researching the market that that idea fits into. 
So just remember, your business is not to serve you, it's to serve someone else. So is your idea something that other people are seeking? Is something that is addressing someone else's issue? In my case, obviously, marketing is such a, a big kind of area. Mm. So you could go from to many different um ways of of providing it so i've identified in my 20 years in market a niche like mm. um people seeking for marketing agencies who are end-to-end -end who could just do anything for them become their marketing department but um we have a, a more affordable option mm. for people with smaller budgets so i've identified and, and i've studied this for years and years before i actually marketed myself this way but it was a you know uh an agent service at an agency level but that can accommodate any budget and i think um these are very important things once uh, is your idea really serving someone else mm. and two uh what are your skill sets and knowledge in the market you're about to serve yeah beautiful so if um if i just add on to that you've uh, having all of the ex years of experience in the industry that you've actually built your business in, you were actually able to do your, I suppose, research and development uh, whilst you were whilst you were delivering um, as an employee that enabled yes. you to uh, refine and come out as a self-employed person with much more specificity. Would that be right? Yeah. Yeah. So you yeah. did your uh, market research uh, whilst on the job, so mm. to speak, to be able to bring something to market that was really, really needed. Yeah, and I think that's obviously worked uh, very in a positive way for me. Mm. But for people who are listening, if you're not in their market, so we know lots of people, especially after the pandemic, came from being just a mom and mm. then starting their own business or being uh, from changing, completely shifting into what they were doing. They might have been doing admin and now they started a business with something that they can do they create, you know, Creative. candles or accessories or clothing. Mm. So don't get intimidated by the fact that you weren't in that mm. industry uh, because we're so lucky these days with what's available online. So you can yeah. do so much research, but you've got to take the time, see it online, sit in your computer, make notes, go to um, businesses that are doing what you want to start, check mm. their websites, check their um, track records, check what their clients are saying on mm. Google. So there's a number of steps and different things that you can research online to get mm. that good head start as well. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm going to be, say I'm the complete opposite of Celeste. Um, I've been in business, as I, I think I mentioned, um, about 12 or 15 years, and I've had um, a variety of different evolutions. So I'm a wing it, uh, leap of faith and wing it as we go, girl, um, which may surprise a few people. But what I've, what I've learnt um, and what I was very, very good at was um, failing forward fast, uh, because through failing forward fast, you actually find your actual successes. Um, yes, you do, does waste a little bit of time and you do go through a little bit more money than being a little bit more, if you were a little bit more strategic. So I will just put that caveat on it. Um, but I've also um, a, a really big fan of modelling from other people's successes. Um, and that has certainly served me very, very well. So just to give a bit of context, my um, business originally started and I, um, we've 
I've got the six business models to talk to you about of, of what is available in my industry. Um, and it was when I was looking at those that I actually realised my business uh, and my businesses do actually cover a variety of different business models. But my business model started as a I started as a freelancer working for other people. Um, and then I did affiliate marketing because I did promotion for, um, for speakers, etc. And I was a freelancer in that I did business development for speakers. Then I helped them put um, bums on seats in their events. And then I started coaching speakers to do the same thing. And then I created a consultancy and an agency to help support those businesses. And then I created information products and online programs um, and then software to assist with that. So even though there's been lots of changes in that, and that's where I sort of say um, I've failed forward faster, is by being, for me, by being in action, I was able to see quicker where the gaps were, model, model what other people were doing really well, fix the problems that the marketplace were telling me that they, they were still having, even though there was other people's solutions out there. So I was able to tweak something that was working and make it better. Um, and then I was able to continue to do that. So that's sort of been my, um, my strategy, although I will say I didn't actually realise that that was actually the strategy where I do have that look, learn, launch look learn launch um and it was only having an interview yesterday with somebody about how do i do things that i actually re worked out that i had a repeating pattern of success to grow and scale my business so for those that just wing it and just want to take that leap of faith with a really great idea um it is possible like celeste i had lots of different experiences but my um business um, over the time has certainly evolved dramatically simply because I've kept my ears and eyes open to see what problems were still occurring in a marketplace, in a marketplace that had lots and lots of solutions already for the clients that I serve, but listening to what was still a problem with those solutions and coming out with uh, something different or another way to improve or to, to help them save time. Um, so you can do it both ways. I, I do say if you're a little bit more strategic like Celeste, you don't waste as much time and perhaps you certainly don't waste your money or your resources. Um, I have done that, um, but that's just that's just some, the way that I roll and I'm different and that's how I um, am able to learn quicker and I learn and fail forward faster through learning by being in action first. So my action is my research, I suppose, in a sense. And I think what's really important to take on for people who are listening is that you have to understand who you are first. You know, like what Sally said was that her experience is different from mine because we do things differently. Our personalities tackle things differently. And you need to understand where you sit. And if you're not someone who is able to adjust and change and, and learn uh, with that speed that Sally has, mm. then you need to be more strategic and you need That's to spend cool. more time at the table planning, scheduling, uh, researching. 
to you know to so you're not into a very stressful position and you're not losing money and losing time uh that is valuable that you could be growing your business and there are people like like I'm, i need to have my lease and i need to have even though i am uh, learned with experience how to adapt and change and shift gears mm -hmm. i like to have that structure first it makes me operate in a calmer way and i think that's really <laughs> important too the mindset and how your personality adjusts to the business model you're creating mm, mm, very much so and i think for me and this was part of the conversation i was having with somebody yesterday because everyone refers to me as being so systemized and organized i was not that but because i like speed and for, uh, failing forward faster to gain my success by gaining the success and modeling off other people's I've worked out what the formulas are so therefore I actually do have uh, checklists and to-do lists and everything has become structured and systemized because I now know what my racetrack is I know what my success formula is and I can adapt to it so I think as Celeste has said it's very very important that you know where you're um, where you're most effective and comfortable so there's that there's comfortable and stuck and then there's effective and comfortable but it's actually finding that that balance of those two um two elements thank you so much yeah thank you yeah um so it's um yeah ready aim fire peter yeah absolutely so celeste i'll also ask you what have you learnt through um growing your business that you would either continue to do or not do again I think uh, for me, the biggest learning um, in having a business starting is to really understand the, the things you can't control. So I started my business during the pandemic and I know that lots of people did as well. And that just, I mean, we can sit down and you can plan and you can be strategic and you can have your step-by-step -step on your business plan or your marketing plan, your sales strategy. Like you could have all of that. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes something happens and that shifts your gear. And I think understanding what you can't control and just accept and shift the gear and carry on it, it was one of the biggest learnings for me because mm. i was coming from a place was like if if i'm organized and if i do x y and z i'm gonna get this result mm. and it's not like that business is not like that and sometimes when we go from working for a big corporation so i was working for corporations that i had a whole finance team behind me i had you know a sales team behind me i had hr i had all of those i had sick leave i had um leave where i could just take some time off and i think you need to understand as a business owner obviously this is how we with structure our lives uh, around mm -hmm. being someone being someone's employee from an organization's mm -hmm. perspective and you start your own business and you know 99% of people are going to start small and then grow and evolve mm -hmm. so when you start I haven't come across uh, too many business unless you've been acquired by someone else bigger mm -hmm that it started with an entire, you know, HR department and accountants mm. department and a marketing department and all of those things in place. 
So then you realize uh, it's not just having the hat that you have. So my hat as a business owner is not just the marketing hat anymore. I need to understand accounts. I need to understand outsourcing. I need to understand all of these other areas. Mm. And I think lots of business owners don't come prepared for that. They have their skill. They have that passion. So, and they want to stick to that. And I think if I could recommend anyone thinking of starting a business to read the e-myth, uh, book, uh, I think it's a must. And I've read that book after I started the business. And if I could recommend everybody read it before you start, yeah, it could be a really um, helpful thing. Yeah. And actually, I'll just add to that because one of the things I see, um, and uh, I, I don't want to inspire people necessarily to do the whole leap of faith than wing it. Um, because it, it can be a stressful place. I'm okay with that. But I will say when I was uh, married and I had somebody else there and another income coming in, it was very easy to do that. But when you become a single parent or things change for you, it, cha it, it changes things. So for me in that moment, um, the stress level changed for me. My abilities and the way I could do things and the way I operated uh, remained the same but there was a very different stress level because I it was all came down to me. And I think that's the stress that I see when I, particularly with the coaches and consultants that have been in corporate land where they've had their ER executive assistants, they've had all of those different team members behind them. They go out on their own. All of a sudden they feel isolated um, and they don't have all of that support around them. So they're now juggling all those hats, as we've said. So for me, one of the really critical things um, that I would highly suggest when people are launching a business is um, obviously to do the research and to sort of be a little bit prepared, but make sure you've got some um, trusted advisors or some alliance people or some trusted people in your network that can be your sounding board or can help you solve, solve and overcome problems or can just be there when you just need to talk something through because you know the answer, but you just need to talk it through with somebody. So I think that's one of the critical steps that a lot of people um, diminish or forget to have around them because they want to be big and brave and they want to do it all on their own. Um, and that's cool. Um, and it's a gr great to model off other people's and to sort of be able to say you did it on your own. But one of my um, guests that's coming up in a couple of months, she's coined it perfect, uh, perfectly. So I'm just going to reiterate what she said. And this is uh, Scarlett DeBreezy. She said, growing my own business was not a DIY project. No. And, and that's the thing. And I think these days, what I've uh, noticed is that some business owners might not know personally the people that could fit into a mentor position or a coach position, mentor more than coach, because lots of people starting don't have money to pay for a good coach. And we have to appreciate that in the beginning, you're counting where you're putting your, your dollars to and coaches um, can cost a, a fair bit. The return of investment is absolutely there, but if you don't have the money to invest to start with, it's really difficult. So finding mentors, uh, people who have been there, who have experience, they started their business. And um, what I've noticed, like people like you and I are in a position where we know these people on a personal level and we could tap into 
them and saying, hi, can we have coffee once a, a month? For those who don't have that, local councils, um, there, there are just so many resources out there today helping startups and helping small business mm -hmm. owners. So I, I know we're in Australia, so I'm talking from an Australian perspective, but I'm sure in the US yeah, and yeah. other countries you'd have that same kind of resource with mm -hmm. government actually supporting people mm -hmm. to start their businesses and giving those advice. So just in my local council, there mm -hmm. are um, you know coaches and mentors available for free. Mm -hmm. um, not for free, government is actually paying for those coaches to support you as a small business. Mm. So tap into that once again, do that research. What is it available for me to support me starting my business? What kind of support system I can get from the beginning that I don't have to pay for? And you'll be surprised with the amount of things that are out there. Yeah, very much so. So just talking, I'm in Australia as well, but I, I do quite a lot of work in the US and they have lots of uh, equivalents to chambers of commerce uh, in their local area. And there's some really phenomenal group uh, networks that are online. One um, that I'm associated with is the Women's Prosperity Network. That's very inexpensive from a monthly um, pay payment fee so it's a membership site but a fantastic community of women um, led by um, three sisters that have all built significant businesses who share their knowledge in all sorts of different forms to exactly help everybody step up so there is um, lots of resources out there that can be very very inexpensive but also critical to your own sanity um, and growth <laughs> Energy and growth. Uh, yeah. The other thing I would recommend uh, for anyone starting a business is Facebook groups. Uh, yes. There are so many groups out there. Obviously, they're free to join. And mm. what do you have there? Not only usually have an expert uh, driving mm. it, where you can get some um, resources and information, but you also have a community mm. of people who are looking for the same things as you that you can engage with, you can throw questions out there, you can share experiences, you can share successes. One mm. of the things also business owners need is that little spot where you can celebrate. Love my tribe. I love that comment. Find your tribe. Yeah. Find many tribes if you can. Um, be part of them uh, and share. Get, mm. get in there and share and ask and um, you'll be surprised with uh, how much you can get of it from yeah, it. Yeah, very much so. And I think that's where it's, ask, it's a, asking the right questions, knowing your target market and knowing a, um, who you're trying to serve with a bit of specificity so the feedback that you get doesn't derail you or take you off on, a, on the wrong tangent. Um, so I think it's very, very important Um to um, to have that been there at done experience have some somewhere to ask questions um also too with those groups you find great collaborative partners that do share the same audience that you do and those sorts of things as well which is a great way to accelerate your growth very very quickly um but i do think um one of the biggest areas um small people that have got have got a great business idea struggle with is often what what do they what problem do they solve so i think that's probably a little bit of an area to just sort of express um some of our ideas or what we may have done um to um 
to help find, you know, what's that business problem that I solve. And I've just got a bit of an, an example here that sort of crosses between the two of our businesses. And that was a, is a fitness example. Um, so target market, as an example, would be working mums with small kids because um, although Rory's bigger now, we've both had small kids. Um, and many of the, um, the problems that those mums have is that they want to be able to work out regularly but they don't have a lot of time because they've got the kids and stuff goes on and they might be trying to run a business as well as those kids. So the solution that they're often looking for is a time-saving fitness program with an adaptable schedule that can fit and manoeuvre with them. So their solution may be an online program. So it's just a finding your target market, working out what their common problems are and then building a solution around that. Would you like to expand on that at all, Celeste, with some of your... Yeah, and I think uh, one of the things, so target market, w w you always start with the customer, right? Mm. Uh, we talk about that. We've talked about that in a few other episodes. You have to start with the customer because there, there is no business with no customer. There is no business growth with without a, a happy customer. So... And I think there's, um, what happens is that people have an idea, they launch it, mm. and they hope everybody's going to love it. Did you use the and, H word? Huh? You use the H word, hope. hope. I'll come back to that. Yes. So then what thing, the, the order of things should be, Find something people want that you can give to them, mm. then launch it. Mm. So there's a huge difference there. I'm creating something that I know mm. that I've got and Sally needs. Yeah. Hungry and audience. then I launch it. Because then you're marketing, then there's the content strategy, there's all, all those little pieces of marketing that then start attracting the right people to your solution. Mm. But when you are passionate about what you created and then you launch it, you don't know who you're talking to, you don't know how you're talking to them, and you don't really even know if they need it or if they need it the way you create it. Because sometimes they do need that solution, but it's like different format. Mm. So that's when you really need to first understand who am I serving? Do I have something that you need? Yeah. And then I market it for you. So I think there's a bit of a, a bit of an overlap there. I also too with that, and I'll, I'll come back. Um, Oh, sorry, I've got two, two trains of thoughts getting excited in my head there. Um, I think one of the things that I see often as a really big mistake, particularly when speakers um, are sold the myth of creating the signature program. I've got my, my signature program. And when we create a signature program that we are tied to and that's the thing we're going to sell, um, in the creation of that, um, oops, just, just was watching that, uh, just pause there. Um, so I think creating a signature program is a great idea after you've had and trialled some other things that you've actually launched because then you're a little bit clearer as to what the audience wants. And that comes back to, uh, I suppose, my methodology, which is look, learn, launch, tweak, repeat. 
So one of the things that I learned from my mentor in the last few years was um, to launch many things in a 12-month period. So an example of that is um, I launch 15 different types of programs and I keep three of them that, that, are, um, that remain and are good sellers. But I don't find that three unless I've actually launched a couple of things and tweaked it along the way. So um, it's a case of launching and then keeping what actually works. So the look process is look for what people are saying they want. Look for where people are frustrated going, I love this mentor and I'm particularly in our Facebook groups. I love what this is doing, but I really wish it had X because that really that that I really wish it had X is another problem with the solution. So if you improve the solution and fix that problem, you've got a group of people that are very hungry that are looking um, for that. Uh, also, by doing that, you can by looking and watching what other people are doing really, really well, gives you a place to model from and improve your own products and services and offerings. Then the second step, you've got a look. Then the learn process is learn more from them as to why they are asking for it. Ask them better questions. Ask them, what would make this better for you? What's missing? So ask them. They will tell you what they need. Most people don't ask enough questions. Um, so ask for really good questions of the people that are already your ideal target market or are frustrated by somebody else's product that is similar to yours that you want to be able to improve on. Then you launch, launch a version of what you believe they are wanting and what they're needing. And then you go back to looking, uh, sorry, looking and listening to what they're saying about what you've launched. You tweak it to refine it and improve it. And then you do the process again. And that's how you find and create really successful um, products, programs or offerings or services um, that audiences want and then that way you'll always find people are actually coming to you. Mm. I'll also That's go to the hope question because I, uh, I hear, oh, I've done all this, I've got, I hope people come. You then have to go back into the, you know, this is Sally Rant coming on, you have to go back into planning and creating some business development and some marketing and doing some actions so people can find you. Mm. I interrupted you, Celeste. I'll let you continue. No, no. Um, yeah, what you said was, was spot on. And I think uh, it, it's just, I think starting a business, there's a few steps you need to, to take. You need to really, um, it, it's not as simple as it sounds. Uh, mm. I think sometimes people minimize the you know, systems and steps and processes and clients and research, which is fine in the beginning, but at some stage you're going to have to catch up with all of that and especially if you want business growth. Yeah. Um, and um, I think the other thing I wanted to mention about starting a business is um, competitor analysis. Like mm -hmm. there's a reason why competitor analysis has been in every single marketing plan since marketing exists. Yeah. Um and it's never going anywhere because one of the best ways for you to understand your customer and what your customer needs, what is the gap, what are they not happy about, mm. is by checking out the competition and the people who are already doing it. These days, uh, with people really being online and loving to give feedback, 
it's so easy to understand what is frustrating people in an area that you service. Because mm -hmm. if you go on, and once again, you have to take the time, sit down and just read. Mm -hmm. But if you go, like from my perspective, if I go to other marketing agencies and start reading the Google reviews, mm. it's the easiest way for me to understand what my competitors are doing that people are loving, mm. what my competitors are doing that people are hating, mm. and what's really frustrating them about my competitors. So there you have today, Doing a competitor analysis is pretty much spend a few hours on Google reviews for new competitors, and it's all there because people have been so vocal mm. when they love you and when they hate you. You don't have the in-betweeners. If people mm. are just mad about you, you won't see any reviews. But, mm. you know, if you go on uh, good reviews, you're just like, people are really appreciating that these people are responsive. You know, mm -hmm. that they answer to my emails and they like, then, then you know, this is something that your customers value and need and it needs to be on your priority list. Mm -hmm. So you then start building your own little plan of what's really important, what are the musts, and then what are the wishes that have mm -hmm. not been granted yet. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there's a constant. Um, with uh, marketing agencies, for example, there's constant in, in terms of price ranges, in terms, and that's how I built my business because people were saying it's too expensive. I'm always hit with an extra bill. There's always something more to pay for, and um, and then I start before I start getting results. I can't pay anymore because mm. my budget's gone. Mm. So I've used that to build my entire business model of clean, clear, and upfront costs. Oh, so you don't get hit with an extra bill, that whatever you get, it's clear in the beginning of your cycle, you know exactly mm. what that main look that month looks like and you know the bill you're gonna get at the end of it. Yeah. So and once again you keep going back to, to your competitors and uh, and and assessing what's important and what isn't. Yeah, absolutely. And doesn't that make doing a SWOT analysis so much quicker and easier too? That's just such a great, great, great tip. So that was Google reviews and good reviews as two different platforms there, Celeste. Is that right? Pardon? Was that two different platforms, Google reviews and good uh, good reviews, two different platforms? Yeah, and then you also have Facebook reviews. So the Facebook reviews are not as used as Google reviews, but uh, I think when you really, the way I would go, if I could give an easy step by step for people who actually think this is a great idea, not sure how to how to make it happen. Mm. So you go on your um, on your niche, on your industry. So, for example, from my perspective, I'd go marketing agencies near me, mm. right? Google will give you a list. Go through that first page and you actually can see on when you click on a certain business, where are their reviews? Then you read them. Uh, go to the next one and the next one. So there, there is some work to it, but I promise you. And then you just write down things that have been consistently uh, said on people's reviews. Yeah, beautiful. Brilliant. Thank you. That's uh, 
brilliant and it's free and it's free and relatively fast compared to the way that you used to have to do it which was uh, lots and lots oh, of days yeah. and days of research it's relatively quick so you could get it knocked off pretty pretty intently uh, mm. probably in half a day or or a full day uh, really really uh, and the, the other thing with that is that so I, I think one of the things that I've always found with, with marketing is that so that's how I do my um, competitor analysis for my clients now because you go from what I think mm. to what the customer is saying. Thinking, yeah. So yeah. this is not what I think it is. This is what real customers paying mm. for what you sell are mm. saying about the product or the yeah. service. So you can't be more like the, there's so much integrity and authenticity, authenticity. authenticity. Yeah. <laughs> to it um, that, you know, I think that's really important too. It's not just some, yeah. um, oh, I'm saying I'm a guru. This is what I think you should do. This is actually what your potential customers wow. are saying. Yeah, brilliant. Excellent. Um, and one of the other areas that, um, that we that makes up good success um, or successful businesses is having both a bit of a um, doing their market research which we've talked about is also building a bit of a business slash marketing plan and usually when you mention either of those and I was definitely guilty as charged um, you'd get a version of an eye roll when somebody says that so do you have um, some tips that you help people provide as it relates to do, doing a business and a marketing plan or what did you do and then I'll share what I've um, tended to do? I think um, one of the things that I've noticed when I started a business and also engaging with businesses is that business plans and marketing plans are not what they used to be 20 years ago, right? So when I first landed my job 20 years ago in marketing and I worked for a big corporation, like marketing plans were these really heavy documents with 50, 50 pages, pages that yeah. hardly hardly anybody ever read yeah nobody you do it it, it takes so long it costs a fortune nobody reads it mm. these days marketing plans uh, marketing strategies are actually more about the plan and more about what can you do today for a better tomorrow and then what do you need to do tomorrow to continue the growth what do you need to do today to address your challenges? And what do you do tomorrow? So it's more about actions. It's more about on the floor. What are things that you can do? What are things that you need to outsource? What are so? And and the same with business plans. I don't have much experience on business plans to be honest. So I couldn't expand too much on that. But um, I my I did my own business plan very simplistic like I didn't get caught up into oh my god this the, the 35 page structure just for your competitor analysis I just focused on my my point of different like and it kind of crosses over with the marketing one a little bit I don't know if it's because it's me you know I for marketing everywhere but it, it crosses over because business is about customers and marketing is about connecting with the right customer so I think there's a there's an easy crossover but don't over you know don't don't make it more difficult than you can handle start somewhere 
And I think there are key points that you need to start with, which is your why, why are you starting, your idea, your customer, and then, uh, you know, content channels, like what is it going to look like in paper? So I can say all these fancy things about lead generation and lead mm. conversion rates and, you know, all of that. What does that mean to you? It means where can I get people to see my brand? What are the right channels for me to be in? Do I need to be on social media? Do I need to do emails? Do I need to have a website? Mm. Uh, keep it simple. Put your top mm. five. What are the top mm. five things I need to focus on? And because you're starting, if you're starting small, then redo your plan every six months and review mm. it. So instead of also trying to do a five-year plan to start with when you're not ready, because mm. lots of things are going to change in your first month, your, in your first year in business. Yeah. Lots of things. You'll learn, like Sally said, you learn, you adapt, you change, and you change direction sometimes. So okay. maybe what I would recommend until you're a little bit, you know, more mature in business, uh, maybe for the first five years, do six-month plans. Yeah. Instead of going to the five-year plan that we used to do for big corporates, um, I don't think that might work for you to start with. Yeah, very much so. So for me, um, I'm um, a one-page girl. Um, as far as both my business development and my marketing plans would go, so I've um, even though I talk about flying by the seat of my pants, I've usually done a bit of a. a, a I call it a brain dump onto a sheet of paper, but I've learned to have a just a simple one-page sheet of paper, which I've got just here as I was writing my notes going, oh, my God, I, this is what I do. Um, and I have that page cut in half and I have the top half is marketing and the bottom half is business development. Um, and then I have the why, what, um, why, what, and then how, but the what and the how is actually within the same section. And I go through uh, why am I doing this from a business growth perspective? What, who, why am I, why have I identified this as an opportunity? Why would I, um, why, what, how would I dis, uh, demonstrate that why from a marketing perspective? And then I go, what am I going to be, um, I'm sorry, who am I delivering it to? And where, and then who from a business development is, where do they play, uh, where will I find them, who are they specifically, etc. So I've got both the, the, the actions as well as the business development and the marketing strategy on the one page. But I just go through, just to repeat that, why, might, why what, who, and then the what and the how become um, relevant. So when I know who I'm serving, whereabouts they are, I know what my actions are as well as the marketing uh, story or, uh, or um, conversation that I need to have with them. But I often have done that just on that one page with a line through it. I used to mind map it, but that tended to be a little bit more chaotic. So I've got stuff above the line and below the line so I can sort of see what the differences are, but also align with the commonalities. And I think if you've got just that bit of an idea of uh, why you're doing it, why it's relevant to your audience, who your audience is, what your audience is really looking for and how you can actually deliver that. It, and with that knowledge of your clients, um, you can actually work out what your priorities are. 
as an example, it might just be a really, really simple uh, website which you can create on About Me. So just something really one pager or you can create a really solid um, LinkedIn profile and just make sure you've got some collateral that you can then take to people when you talk to people. Um, because one of the biggest actions people don't um, do in their business when they first start out, they don't walk the streets, pick up the phone or share what they do with people. And that's where that little comment of the hope um, sort of comes in. They hope people are going to find their website or hope people are going to find out about what they do. But the, the action is you actually need to go and talk to people, have coffee with people, have conversations, pick up the phone, tell your friends um, and share with people. And that's where I believe good quality collateral, even if it's just your starting point collateral that you don't have to spend a lot of money on, but at least gives people a bit of an idea of who you are, uh, who you serve and what you can do for them. And if you've got some collateral like that, you actually now are in action. You actually are in momentum. So that would be some of my um, tips is just keep it really simple, mind map it, put it on a one page, just get your thoughts out of your head so you've got a clean head so you can focus on what you need to do. Uh, if I could just suggest, I'm big on like if you're starting, get some books that can really help you. I know I've mentioned the e-myth today. There's a book called The One Page Marketing Plan. Oh. Um, I believe the author is Ellen Deep. Deep? Uh, it's life-changing. So if you don't have experience with marketing and you don't have money to outsource it, you know, not everybody can start their business and hire us, Sally, to come and do their, their marketing strategy. Uh, if you do, please, we're, we're, we'd love to help you. Uh, but if you don't, so the one-page marketing plan, and it gives you a simple page what to fill in, uh, to really get started with who who are the people you service, where where you find them, and how to attract them to your brand. Yeah, beautiful. Um, so just a bit of a recap because I think we're getting close to uh, time as always, and we've had a really good in-depth conversation. Is uh, coming back to your basics. Get your idea clear. Um, do some market research by using your Google Google reviews look, learn and listen as to what the audience is still saying so you can provide a better solution than what's already there. So that sort of plays into my know your target market intimately, what they're really looking for. Um, remember that people around you can be a support to you. So make sure you've got some key people around you to support you. Um, learn from people who've been there and done it experience. So model off other people's success systems. Do, uh, do a little bit of your research in your one-pager. And um, one of my last key tips is make sure you're setting yourself realistic goals with relatively realistic um, timelines and expectations and know damn well it's all going to blow up in your face at least once and you'll, and you'll just retract and do it again. So expect blowouts. Timelines will blow out. Goals will blow out. Something will blow out. Be okay with that and know that's going to happen in, in advance. Celeste, would you like to add to anything of that? I feel like I missed something. No, you, you actually covered um, everything that I was thinking and I think we, we've addressed. And I think, you know, just one last thing I would say is just be kind to yourself. Yes. Um, you know, you get it right, you get it wrong. 
um, understand that it's okay to get it wrong and mm. uh, as long as there's some learnings that you can take on and uh, that you can apply for the future but you know don't be too hard on yourself um, and try to have some fun with it there's so yeah. many great people you meet by starting your own business and great connections uh, I think someone mentioned on Facebook as well find your tribes and uh, yeah. find supporting them yeah. Um, but yeah but be kind be kind to yourself great great tip and uh, be kind and I'm going to say have fun in the failure because that's where yes yes uh, real strong successes come because through learning those lessons and sharing those lessons with other people you increase your uh, tribe um, etc as Peter says enjoy being you and I'm going to say uh, be you be bold be brilliant be brave uh, and have fun uh, and uh, to add to that be kind to yourself because um, failure and success go hand in hand um, and the faster you fail and trip and uh, uh, propel forward the faster your success comes um, but you don't have to do it alone there's lots and lots of people that are around you to support you um, in in your community and in your in organizations around you as well um, so I think that's um, very important you really to know that you're not alone it will feel lonely at times but um, don't isolate yourself reach out people are always willing to help um, and listen and certainly inspire you and spur you on beautiful well said thank you thank you thank you very very much everyone we look forward to seeing you again next month um, and I look forward to seeing you next week on another episode of Success Secrets Exposed. Till then, be bold, be brilliant, be brave and be kind to yourself. Thank you very much. Thanks very Thank so much. Thank you, everyone. That's it for this week's episode. Thank you so much for joining us. I trust you got some inspirational tips to move you forward. See you next Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern for more Success Secrets Exposed.